Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace show, where we're creating a conversation for what God's doing through Christians in the marketplace. I'm Sean Bowles, and my co-host is Bob Hassan. We interview everyday influencers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs from all areas of industry, exposing you to powerful stories of what God's doing through people just like you. We're also sharing our thoughts about what God's doing in finance, business, entertainment, and politics. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Explore the Marketplace. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and my co-host, Bob Hassan. And Bob, I'm so excited about our show today because we get to have these powerful conversations with people, everyday people in the marketplace who tell us real stories. I love the vulnerability we often get. Sometimes we're crying, sometimes we're laughing, sometimes we're, we're often hearing their failures, breakdowns, and then their breakthroughs. But today we have a really cool woman on the show, and I had her on the Sean Bowles show, and I knew she needed to come on Explore the Marketplace because I wanted to hear the story behind the book she recently wrote. So tell us about her. Well, Billy Jouse, she wrote a book called Detoxing from Distraction. And right there, that title should grab yeah. you. She also is a podcaster. She's a baseball mom. She's a baseball wife. Uh, it's funny, they live in South Florida, but they travel all through the baseball season. So up next, we have Billy Jouse. You're going to get a free resource, the Translating God Workbook and Masterclass. You don't need Translating God, my best-selling book, to do the workbook. It's actually standalone. And it's going to teach you how to take your relationship with God, the way you hear him, and actually transform your life and the world around you. The masterclass, I get to coach you for hours about your relationship with God, how to hear his voice, and how to impact the world as well. If you make a donation to us of any amount, it doesn't matter if you give $5 or $25 or $5,000, we're going to give you something back. You're going to get a free resource that we send back your way to sow back into you because we believe in investing back into those who are on the journey with us. And I'm so excited to be able to offer it to the whole world for free because of generous donations from everyday listeners and viewers like you. I wanna encourage you to make a donation at bullsministries.com. I can't wait to give to you as you sow into this ministry. Well, welcome back. We're here with Billy Jouse. Billy, so glad to have you. Thank you for having me. This is exciting because we get to talk to you about a subject that hardly anyone's talking about, and yet we all need it. And my wife and I actually were talking about the other day, which you have this book coming out called distraction detox mm. and i just think the way that we live and the way that our kids are because there's so many activities and so many things to do it's hard to focus on core and a lot of people get lost now in their identity they get lost in their goals they get lost in all these areas and so it's so excited that you've been on this journey that you've actually quantified it and you're helping people with it but how did this start for you like how did you start to help others like look at their life and go okay let's that's the that's the issue that's the hot button issue yeah, well, it started, my first book was Making Room, Doing Less So God Could Do More. So that was all the external distractions. Because we think a lot of times, if we take care of the external distractions, then life is going to chill, it's going to be easy, mm -hmm. we're going to get things done that are important. But what I found was once I had really taking my calendar down to the basics and I had prioritized the things that I needed to do and take care of. There was still for me spiritually, this place that I was not digging deep into. I was not feeling the peace and the calm that I thought I was going to. And this book leads into the distraction detox of the emotional toxins mm -hmm. because I found I was stuffing my calendar with stuff to do. My husband called it the right hand syndrome. When somebody goes, uh, we need someone to volunteer for this. I'll do it. Somebody needs to do this. I'll do it. So mm -hmm. I started digging into why was I doing all those things? And that's where I came up with the distraction detox of removing the emotional barriers to realize God's best. 
I was volunteering for those things because I didn't believe that I belonged in any one group. No one accepted me in, into groups unless I pushed my way into them. Mm. I showed my value. I didn't think what I was doing was valuable, but I would volunteer more to show my value. So when I started digging into the emotional toxins, those negative thoughts that I had, those things that I had, why was I pushing my kids to be in 10 different activities a week? Because I wanted them to succeed. I wanted them to do things. I wanted them to go. I wanted them to be powerful and, and strong and, and, and be at the top of the game. But it was really, was it because I wanted to be a good mom? Because if I don't have my kids that actively involved, how good of a mom am I? Because super mom over there is doing it all. She's got a full-time <laughs> job. She's yeah. got kids going to every dance class, theater class, baseball, football, wrestling, whatever. And she's got it together. Why can't I? And so that's where this book came from, was digging wow. in. What was my reason? What do you think? Um, it, it sounds like you're talking about your identity uh, mm -hmm. to me. You're, you know, and our identities are that we're loved sons and daughters of God. and yes. and so in in your viewpoint, um, where do you start to understand detoxing from this stuff? Yeah, well, I always write books after I've gone through a process. I'm a process kind of person. And when yeah. I found myself in this really ugly place that I felt like, oh, I love Jesus. Yeah, I read my Bible. But as soon as I step out, I'm, I'm striving, I'm pushing, I'm going. I knew that when I started looking into it, that it was really based in my mind. And so I'm a list maker. I started making a list of all the things I was thinking about. Like when I think, oh, I got to do one more thing. What is it that I'm thinking about? And so I started making a list. I kept a notebook in my purse and in a bag, you know, like mom bags, you know, like, like mom has this bag and like <laughs> yeah. thousand things in the bottom, including, including a few extra Cheerios or raisins or whatever. I'm a little <laughs> older than that now. So it's more of baseball tickets or, you know, now that we're digital, not so much, but I had this book in my bag and I just started making a list of all the things I was thinking about. I thought about what I was thinking about. Hmm. And when I went back to that list at the end of the week, I gave myself seven days. I'm a pretty processed person. Seven days, make a list. Don't go over it until that seventh day. And it was a Sunday afternoon and I teared up because that was the time that I realized I am my biggest bully. Mm. No one on earth talks to me the way that I talk to myself. Mm -hmm. I would never say those words to my kids or my husband or to you guys or a complete stranger. So why am I bullying myself to the degree that I am? You know, I heard you say that um, when we did another interview for my other show. And I just was like, wow, that really impacted me because the self-talk is so important. And it's part of the whole toxin that goes in. And I was thinking about, you know, I, I was in a group of people when we planted a church here in Hollywood in Los Angeles. And one of our leaders also had a separate organization. So we had a leadership consultant come in and he said, I want you to put down on uh, a piece of paper, all of your roles and write just a brief description about them. And some of you, it's going to take a couple pieces of paper, but I don't want you to go over five pieces of paper. And one of our leaders, she had, you know, she's a mom, she runs a missions organization. She was a leader in the church. She was a volunteer at a foster care thing. And her pages got to like seven pages and she was still going. And he looked at her and he said, if you cut off half of that, no one would notice just so you know. Mm. And she goes, no, you don't understand. You don't understand like this is, a, it won't get done if I don't do it. It won't get. And I just looked at her and I was exhausted for her. Yeah. And then I start to look at myself and go, 
because I had a lot of pages and I was just like, I'm exhausted for myself. Why am I doing this? Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? And that why is such an important question, which I love for you. It went into a lot of these emotions and it went into, like Bob said, it goes into identity. How do you think, like, give us the kind of the moment, the, the awakening or the aha moment when you went, wait a minute. Like, what was that moment for you? Or was it a series of moments? It would, honestly, it was when I looked at that list and I realized yeah. I am a beloved daughter of Christ and he does not think these things of me. Wow. He does not speak these words to me. Why am I doing it to myself? I'm beating myself up. And I read a study just the other day. I need to, to reference it at some point so I can keep it well. But it was that women are doing nothing against men. You guys are doing a ton of things. However, women are doing all the things with the jobs, trying to, to step up in their career, make it to the next level, you know, all of the things that we're doing. But we're also, even though women are sometimes the breadwinners within their families, we're still having to do the daily activities of laundry and food and cooking and carting kids around and all of that. And so it's like 85% of women, not only in that percentage of women that were working full time and forging their careers, they also have these extra duties they have to do, where only 10% or 15% of men actually helped with the home duties that this, wow. you know, this classification of women are the domestic homemakers is still a view within society. And you know, did I do I did it all I, I was a family manager for our house I called it because of all the things I had to do I was a travel agent because we travel a lot <laughs> I was the housing director because I had to get the houses done I was the, the the food service person because I had to make sure everybody had food and was fed and was going everywhere I was a taxi driver all these hats that we wear as a mom it's a lot of stress in that so for me when I looked at that l- list and now my kids are out of the house. I don't have my kids at home, but my list of to-dos, I thought were going to decrease when my kids left the house. That didn't happen. I just added stuff on. Yeah. But when I looked at the things I was saying to myself and how I was directing myself in my mind, I'm not good enough. I'm a bad mom. I'm a bad wife. Whatever it was, that was my moment that I, I had to run to Jesus in that moment. Mm. So, so how have you transitioned from negative self-talk and and these to do lists to uh, bringing in more. I'm going to use the word balance, but yeah. maybe you have a better word for it. How have you transitioned now? Yeah, I don't think balance. We'll never be balanced. Right. We'll never be, we'll never <laughs> be completely happy. We'll never be completely satisfied. But where is that spot? And what I had to do was I went into that list and I started looking at that list and I'm like, why am I thinking of these things? Why am I beating myself up? Where'd they come from? What's my meatloaf? What is the meatloaf? That food you go to when you want to feel warm and fuzzy? What is, why am I going to those thoughts? Because they don't make me feel warm and fuzzy. And yeah. that was the time of transition for me to, was to look at them and then to go to God's word. What does God say about me? Who is God and who has he created me to be? And that's when I would take those thoughts and, and I'd go one thought at a time because our spiritual life's like an onion. We can only peel back one layer at a time without a complete meltdown. And I tell people all the time, if you find one of these emotional toxins that are deeper than you can deal with one-on-one with Jesus or with a friend, get get help. Counseling, counselors are the most amazing people. I, I've been seeing counselors off and on since I was eight years old 
crazy wow. family life, you know, crazy family life. Um, so off and on since I was eight and some of the most, I guess the greatest growth I've seen, even spiritually has been, been with counselors. But I dug into the di- into the Bible and I, I almost said diaper bag. I dug into the Bible and I started looking at Jesus and, and who he is and who he says I am. And I started finding words, uh, scriptures that would decrease the, the power of the words that were in those negative thoughts. So I began a discipline. That's so awesome. Thought captive of taking that thought captive, but not just taking it captive, replacing it with a truth. Because when that thought starts, if I have a truth on the ready, the next time that start that thought happens, it doesn't spiral down yes. to a yes. place that mm-hmm. God never desires us to be. I have Second Timothy 1 7. You know, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power yeah. and love and self-control. I have his power. I am filled with his love and I have self-control to stop this thought and move into a place that is not full of fear. So when I have those thoughts, they quickly get replaced with that truth. Hmm. Well, what's funny is that I remember bringing um, another leadership coach in to a group I was working with. And he started to define, this is when I was in my late 20s, he started to define a messiah complex. Like what is a messiah complex? And I'd heard the term before and I'd heard it in slang, but I hadn't heard it defined and I remember just sitting there, I was in my late 20s, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I have a Messiah complex. As I'm, I'm, I'm bringing him in for other leaders, and I remember just going, I find my value in what I yeah. do, and I feel like I have to rescue everybody and save the world. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I remember just the, the shame that if you don't get things right, the shame if you don't do more. If it, like, you know, people would call me and say, can you come here? And I would feel like bad. Well, of course I can. I'm single. I don't, I, yeah. if I don't go, like no one else will go and I better go. And I had just such a performance anxiety on me. So as a man, a lot of it was performance driven, a lot of just like you're talking about, but I, I couldn't, I wasn't in a cycle of like, like overt negative thoughts. They were actually rewarding thoughts. But yeah. if I didn't perform, I immediately beat myself up, you know, and I was like, right. you know, and I had this religious spirit about it. And I remember coming out of that. And it was through what Bob and you had referred to, which was I realized, I could do nothing else. Like if I was quadriplegic right now, and I couldn't travel or do anything I'm doing. I would God's love would not change for me. Mm-hmm. And he's already re- rewarded me in fullness because of Jesus. And I had to go to the place of like, I am not that important in the whole big scheme of God. And yet I am. Yeah. You know, and it just was this like restfulness that came over me. Like, how do you enter into the rest of God? What if he hides you for a while? What if he asked you to work at something that's very common, which I, I did. I mean, I, I did a lot of common roles at different times that, you know, and, and Paul says, you know, there's some things in the house for noble, some for common. Cleanse yourselves from the common so you can be noble. And in my mind, that meant I had to do something awesome. And I love your your book and your and, and just how you're teaching us almost like spiritual philosophy of how to live right, because I feel like. There's so much of us that you know, in this Instagram age of being able to see and measure ourselves against everyone else's success and think that that's the highlight reel is real life, that we, we come into such a wrong place mm-hmm. that we don't have any sense of peace or connection to ourselves or the world around us. So it's so important. And I think like ta- for you, you're talking to business people, you're talking to moms, your husband is in baseball. So you're working with yeah. the athletes all the time. Tell us like a story of somebody you've worked with and how this has impacted them. Yeah, um, it's funny because when I started working on this book, I have, our middle son actually is a mental performance coach with wow. the Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh so he God. has a sports psychology master's and he literally works with high performance men. 
you know, all men in the baseball world with some female coworkers and, and things like that. And I went to him and I'm like, Charlie, let's, I want you to talk this through with me. And so he actually, when he talked it through in me, there were some pointers that he's like, wow, I really need to use that. Wow. The pointers that he gets from myself and my husband growing up in this game, because we've been in pro ball 36 years, he's 30. Oh gosh, how old is he? He'll be 31 this year. <laughs> I go through my Rolodex of kids. He'll be 31 this year. And he says that he refers back to things that David and I did sitting on me, sitting on a concrete floor in a stadium with a kid that's just had a really terrible outing, you know, just one of the worst performances of his life. When it comes to being a pitcher on the mound, your mm -hmm. performance matters, right? If you don't perform well, everybody's going to tell you how you did. It's going to be in the newspapers back then. It's going to be online. Now you will get tweets and DMs, people dropping your DMs with some really harsh death threats. Wow. And Charlie said to me, mom, you really, you and dad did a great job because you loved the people first. You didn't focus mm -hmm. on what they did wrong. You didn't tell them they were terrible. You pointed them back to the positive in a way that God has directed you to and pointing them to Jesus to find their, their freedom. You know, in Galatians 5, 1, it says freedom from don't carry your yoke of slavery. What's your yoke of slavery? Is it beating yourself up because you have one bad performance? That's where we would take these guys. So with players and wives, because baseball wives, they live and die their husband's success. And I don't want people to take yeah. this wrong. It's not because of the money. It's not because they want to look good. It's not because of Instagram or their following. It's because of the adoration, the love they have for their husband. And they want their husband to be successful in who they are. Yeah. And a lot of these guys come out of that clubhouse and, or, you know, we've seen videos of, of guys beating water jugs when they don't get a hit or they've gone over three. So is there one story? The one story is when these guys, and there's so many stories when these guys walk out of that clubhouse and, and I often wait for my husband outside the clubhouse. When they walk out, the first thing I do is I look at them and just open my arms, like, give me a hug. We started out in baseball with, you know, baseball players and wives are about 22 to 32. We started out in baseball, their age. This is 36 years later. I'm not their age anymore. I'm like their mom's age. Some of them's grandma's age at this point. So open <laughs> my arms and give them a hug because they just mm -hmm. want to be seen. They want to mm -hmm. be known and they want to be loved. And that way, when I give them a hug, I can begin to point them back to Jesus. And even the non-believing players, they know where I live. I live in the word. I live in the spirit. I live with Jesus. And that's where I want to take them back to. When a girl's having a really hard time, you know, some guys don't take losses as well as others and they take it home with them. And yeah. you know, sometimes harsh words are spoken or, you know, slamming doors or, you know, Worse things can happen. And just to sit with those girls and point them back to Jesus, I feel like is what my biggest thing is. And that's what in this book I did. Negative thoughts, wow. go to Jesus. But I don't just say go to Jesus, stay in that word. When that thought comes up, jump on the word. Wow. So Billy, what advice do you have for young people who are listening, who are trying to build their career or build their business? And, uh, you know, failures come over and over and over again. And how, <clears throat> what advice do you have for them to 
break through the failure and, and to move past uh, these, these things that they don't think they can. Yeah, I think the biggest thing in that, and, and I'll just tell another quick story. I was a stay-at-home mom for 20 years. I was a stay-at-home mom and my son was a senior junior in high school. And I'm like, Lord, you got to direct me where you want me to go. About a year later, the Lord spoke to me and was like, you know, in my spirit and said, you need to write. And my first thing was, I'm originally from North Carolina. I don't even speak English normal, not like, no, let's write it normal. I don't know who you're thinking, who you think you're talking to, Lord, but I can't write. And God has taken me into this place of writing that I never dreamed could happen. Wow. When my first book came out, it did well. My second book came out right away. It didn't do so well. It came out in 22. It was a weird place. The sophomore slump. And, you know, in baseball, we talk about the sophomore slump a lot. That <laughs> second year you're playing in the big leagues and all of a sudden your numbers go down. I took it hard. I beat myself up super hard. And I just wrote a book on removing the emotional barriers. <laughs> I had to come to a place of knowing my why. Why yeah. am I doing this? I'm not doing it for fame. I'm not doing it for, for for fortune. I'm not doing it for celebrity culture that we live in that area of life all the time. I've seen the detriment of it. I had to find my why. Why am I doing this? Why is it that I feel I'm called to write books, to do my podcast, to speak all over the United States? why and once i came to that why i wrote a mission statement of my why mm -hmm. and that's on my why on my why stays on my wall in my office i'm not in my office right now so i can't read it exactly to you but when i get frustrated that my numbers aren't going up or i didn't get as many downloads on that podcast as i thought i was going to lord that was a good message or whatever it is i go back to my why you know, and, and that's my why is about the people that I'm giving this message that God's giving me. My why is based on the people that are listening to what I'm saying or reading the words that, that God is pouring out through my fingers. That is what I go back to. So in success or failure, because sometimes success can take us into places we should never be right? It takes yeah. us into that celebrity culture. We want to be more famous. We want to make more money. We want to be at the top of the list. We want to that why will keep you, as you said earlier, that balance, it will keep you closer to the middle of that success and failure than the highs and lows that we can go through in that. Hmm. That's so good. That's like the most quotable we've had a statement about that on the show. I think it's like so, it's so organic to you. It's so natural mm -hmm. to you. And I think it's so, you know, we, when we do coaching uh, of any kind or, or consulting, I usually bring up like, why is your why and who is your who? Who are you doing this for? Like, what's your why? And like, who, who has God called you to love? Who's enjoyed that before you? And it, for a business person, it really changes them because you're like, oh my gosh, because then it's not about the macro. It's about that one who's in front of you and the person who's buying your product, the person that you get your company serves. And we lose touch with that all the time. It's so easy to lose touch with that. Yeah. And there's times that I've done the same thing where we're reaching a certain amount of people and you're trying to level up or whatever. And then you got to look at, actually, let's be really, let's, let's, mm absorb what the good that's been done through right now, the now oh, time, yeah. not the past, but the now time. And I see so many people, whether they're, um, you know, in, in more of the public front type businesses mm -hmm. or entertainment, media, sports, or if they're ministers, I've seen a lot of ministers do this. 
where they can't enjoy what God's doing today because our reach for tomorrow is so big. They've lost their why, they've lost their who. So I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad I'm so glad you've written this book. How do people get a hold of your book? Yeah, the best place to go is my website, billyjouse.com. It has all the links on there. Um, you can see the book and everything else that's offered there. We're so glad you're on the show today. This was so great. I think we needed this this reality check, this balance put into us. And I love your story. You're so vulnerable. You share it so well. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. I really do and all that you're doing. So thank you and keep doing it. Well, thank thank, thanks again, Billy. And up next, final thoughts with Sean and Bob. I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to invite you to our Spiritual Growth Academy online, where you can attend a four-week class or an event every month. Plus, our back catalog is available to you as well on spiritual gifts, especially hearing God's voice, and also a deeper connection to the Holy Spirit and how to walk with Him in real ways in the days we're living in right now. Come join us at Spiritual Growth Academy by going to BowlesMinistries.com and clicking on the Academy button. Welcome back. Well, Sean, that was an incredible interview. What do you think about detoxing? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think Shereen and I talk about this quite a bit, and I like that she went to the place of, you know, getting to those negative thoughts or those roots of what causes us to have all this distraction. And I think I've been doing this with my daughters, but also Shereen and I have been doing this ourselves where we're looking for the thing where anything that's excess or takes away from being present and being connected, that's what we're going after. Like, how do we actually live the most connected version of life? And that sounds like just a bunch of self-help guru talk, but I think practically there's areas, even when you're succeeding, where you'll become unhappy because you have too much going on and not a lot of it's focused, or you have internal stuff that's going on where even when you get a success or you have a breakthrough, you have something that's good. Like for me, a lot of the media stuff's new. So some of the, I did one of the biggest things on TBN in their history this year, one of their lives that I hosted and even did some content production on. And I was just immediately like my first thought after it was over and I knew we did a great job and I knew we had one of the largest communions taken in history. I was thinking, how can I do better? And what can I do differently? And I had to stop and go, you know what? It's not about that. It's actually about like God just had an amazing night for Christianity all around the globe who watched this. And I got to be a part of it and I got to help host it. And I'm going to be present with that. And I could work on feasibility and working through like what could be better next time in another day. But I'm just right now I need to be present with the fact that God is saying, well done. God is saying, I love you. God is saying, you know, so it's really, it was really, it's been a really powerful season for me to kind of shift how I think. And I know a lot of you are viewers and listeners. There's probably some areas here that you found yourself in going, how am I doing? (laughs) Yeah, I I loved how she talked about negative self-talk. And you know, that she made that list. And that was sort of her wake up call. And I think lots and lots of us um, speak to ourselves in a way that we would never speak to other people uh, at all. And I think God wants to heal us of that. And I I can't wait to dig into her book and just see what she has to say about it. Well, she has this one part, Bob, where she talks about like looking in the mirror and the way that we talk to ourselves. If anybody else talked to us that way, we would like leave that relationship immediately. It was the most abusive way. And and for me, because I'm a very positive person, I think you are too. We're very positive people. But there are those thoughts that I've allowed myself to believe, to beat Mm -hmm. myself up with where I'm like, that's just not okay. Because when you measure that against God's love and against the word, it's not truth. And so I think a lot of what she went into here, I was surprised because the book goes from, I thought it was going to be a lot more external, like she had talked about at the beginning of the interview. I thought right. it was going to be external things, but it really goes internal, deep, fast. And then I had to read it and go, okay, I'm going to stay really open to what does God want to change in me? 
And I think that, again, that's why it was so good for us to have this conversation today, because she's being extremely vulnerable with her own journey. Yes. And just a few steps ahead and saying, come with me, come with me, but also very motherly. And I, I, I just, I always realize when we have guests like this on that I have a lot to grow through. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've gone through this negative self-talk thing and I still, I still battle it. Um, and it, it sneaks in there. And yeah. I think that's why, you know, recognizing that we're loved sons and daughters of God is such an important thing because, uh, you know, we're beloved and we shouldn't be talking to ourselves that way. Yeah. I love that you bring that up every time because you always talk about being loved sons and daughters, almost to the point where it's like, everybody knows that's Bob's almost your catchphrase. Like we are a love son and daughter of God that nothing can battle that nothing can between that, but it's such an authentic, it's it such a, yeah, it's an authentic thing to you. It's like, it's just, that was the revelation that changed everything for you mm-hmm. as you know, in, in your story. And you write some of that in your book. And I think it's in shortcuts, which I think is just so important, but but I think when she went there too, like she was, she would have said that without you because that was part of her revelation as well. Right. I think it's so, so, so key. So I'm so glad we covered that today again. Well, we're so glad you guys listened and watched this episode. And I want to encourage you, one of the ways that people find out about this, the most best way, the bestest way, <laughs> is they actually read your reviews. And so if you can go on to wherever you're watching this or listening to this from and review us and tell people around your world and tell people in your life, Hey, I just listened to Billy Joss and it was amazing. Please, you got to listen to this too. If you share it or if you talk about it, it's way more powerful than if we tried to market it. So keep sharing. Thanks so much for being a part of Exploring the Marketplace. And remember, listen, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, listen to God and everything you're doing right now. And it's going to make all the difference in the world in your career and your place of influence. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Thanks for exploring what God is doing in the marketplace with us. We have amazing resources for you on our website with free videos, Take an online class with us at our online school, Spiritual Growth Academy, or get one of our books, including the one Bob and I authored together, Wired to Hear. We have lots of ways to connect with you. Come visit us on social media. Just look for at Sean Bowles or at Bob Hassan or visit BowlesMinistries.com. This show is made possible by listeners just like you. Become a partner or donate now to become part of our team. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it on your socials or help us review it on the podcast server you found us on. See you next time.